With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. folks thanks for joining us here again today on expanded perspectives with me cam hale and joining me as always es mi amigo mr filio filson how's it going everybody i hope everybody's doing good out there we got an exciting show today we're gonna get into a little crazy cryptid madness from uh asia i guess you could say some asian cryptids but before we got in the studio today it was awful warm and it got even warmer as Kyle was telling me some madness about what he's found online. Philly, what are you telling me about? It's the hottest summer? Well, that we just got rid of. The month of August was actually the hottest month of the hottest summer of the hottest year ever happened on Earth since they've been <sighs> recording. Enough already. They really? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, this comes from io9. It's it global written, warming. It was written by Brian Merchant. It says that this week the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration announced that last August was the hottest August in recorded history. Of humans living through Augustes. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who announced that? The National Ocean... Yeah, NOAA. National Oceanic... That's a mouthful right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's where I get my weather from. NOAA Weather Radio, yeah. Right? Exactly. I was like, that is a huge... I'd I'd hate that to tell everybody that's where I worked. I just... NOAA's way better. Right. Than the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration? Yes. That's way too much. Yeah. They said that the fact that 2015 was the hottest summer ever recorded... They said it was the hottest from January to August period ever recorded. And they said that the three heat records set in a single month was a new record. Unless something drastically unexpected occurs in the remaining three and a half months of this year of 2015, this will be the hottest year in recorded human history. And they said, that according to all projections, 2016 is going to be warmer than that. Don't tell me that because this wasn't even a bad summer, I didn't think, because we had so much rain. We're talking globally. Like, right, where we're at, it was mild. But I don't want it to be bad again. I don't want to go through that. Yeah, they said that in a fine piece of investigative reporting, a small Pulitzer Pulitzer 
Prize-winning organization named Inside Climate News revealed that ExxonMobil years ago knew that global warming was man-made and that it was going to have devastating problems in the decades to come, but they decided to just ignore it. And then we got what we got. Yeah, right? Superheat. That's what it seems. They're making record profits, but the planet is warming up. In another article from Motherboard by Amiko Jazuka, which goes in nicely with this, they say that almost half of the world's ocean life has died off since 1970. Oh, man. Right? Now, everybody knows that the, you know, that the ocean is a giant source of uh, eating up harmful CO2 gases and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but they said that the burning of fossil fuels in the last couple of decades and the lethal mix of overfishing, pollution, and intense ocean acidification has led to dramatic climate change. Now, they said according to the Worldwide Fund for Nature's 2015 Living Blue Planet report, since 1970, the Earth has lost a whopping 49% of all global marine animal species. So that is terrible. It says that they, they tracked uh, 5,829 populations of different animals, being mammals, birds, reptiles, and fish species. And according to their, their study, all of those show that at least 49% of all the marine animals have been dying off since 1970. That's terrible. They also say that a lot of the coral reefs are dying off, Cam, and they say that if we continue to do what we're doing now, that all... Ocean coral reefs will be dead by the year 2050. Oh, no. That's what they claim. Now, that seems awfully uh, large to me. But, man, you know, I don't know. They say that we could make a difference, though, that it's not all bad news. The good news is that it is reversible. But we actually got to start doing something. We got to do something. Some of the things you can do on an individual level, they say, is to make a choice on what kind of fish you buy. And only buy the substantially established fish sustainably established fish so a fish that is not being overfished i got you except for in your case sharks yeah eat all those you want mm-hmm. i hope they taste delicious <laughs> well if we're going to talk about heat i don't really have anything heat related i've got something though that may be a little wackadoo related i okay. would like to say it was coming from someplace else but it's coming from the lone star state itself mm. down in belton texas for those of you that aren't familiar with belton texas it's down near waco that may explain a lot for you. But this comes from Cryptozoology News. And this fella here, a Texas man, claims he got in a little scuffle with an alien creature. And I quote, I hit one, is what he says. Like now, with his car? No, 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 no. He laid hands on one. That's what this fella <laughs> oh, you had. you got to tell me more. <laughs> Apparently, this has been going on for a while. Not the fist fighting of the aliens, but this alien visitation. And he is extremely frustrated with, with the MUFON people because he'd been reporting this stuff to them, I guess, over quite some time now. Yeah. And they haven't been paying any attention because it says here, it says that he showed his frustration last Tuesday on the same day he reportedly suffered these injuries from a fight with the alien creature. And then what it says, what appears to be the website's longstanding protocol, they don't give the name or the contact information or anything of the eyewitness. But it's kind of strange, the stuff he says. Like it says, you talked to my wife before and asked her if I ate after 9 p.m. She told you the truth, as I do, because I stay up all night long. You did not ask her if she had any problems herself with this. He's complaining about the MUFON people? The, well, because he says that he had apparently been talking to him for quite some time and they haven't done anything about it i guess he wanted them to come investigate it and help him figure out uh, what to do is it could be because he's maybe he's crazy well, th- well he says that he couldn't sl- he can't sleep because his wife keeps waking him up claiming there's someone touching her 
or someone opening the closet door. He even says here that she would yell out at me while I was in the living room and then tell me what happened. So apparently they've been going through these alleged kit alien kidnappings for quite some time, that there's been a lot of stuff going on. I got you. He even goes on, you ignored me when I told you about my abduction, and now it seems it's happening again. As it was dark, they tried to get me again. I fought back, and they left after I hit one. So it's like, you know, we always talk about he's batting a thousand. Not this time, Patna. You done came up against the wrong fella, and he put hands on you. Really? So he overhand righted an alien. He says that the reported injuries include white marks on his wrist and blood on his hands and forearms. And this fella claims that it shows that I've been tied down. Hmm. And he even goes on even further. that says, if you do not believe me, that's fine. I will go to someone else for help. But he didn't. He Sounds didn't like he give, doesn't need help. Sounds like he solved it. He, well, he didn't give any description of these entities. We laugh about this. George St. Pierre. He's got. He claims that he's been abducted. I mean, if anybody could lay some hands on somebody, you'd think he would. You don't want to stumble into that. Mick Jagger's got the UFO, you know, a detector, the whole thing. Look. <laughs> I forgot about that. Did we laugh about this shack? now. We laugh about this now. Is this guy punching an alien? It's hilarious to think about. I mean, really and truly. Wait a minute. Belton, the, Texas. Was that Mike Mays? <laughs> exactly. The Texas cryptid hunter down there. But he's a big boy. You don't want to go running around in there no. either. He'll put hands on you, too. Yeah. Look. We laugh, but seriously, what if this isn't a joke? What if if this is some sort of real thing? I'm just, look, we laugh about this. This is something that's funny, you know, that the, the picturing in your mind right now of all those listening, of a dude, an older fella down here, everybody you know in Texas, oh, shucks, you know, you want to picture some hillbilly redneck throwing punches in there with his cowboy boots on and his old black hat just going crazy on it, but... Throw all that out as the joke. What if something really did happen? You know, we always joke about. And he's had enough. He's had enough. He's like, that's it, man. I'm tired of this. But we always joke about they're batting a thousand. What if they're not? Yeah. What if they're not? You know, what if they do make a mistake every now and again? It doesn't work on some people, and then they get their little alien ass kicked. But I mean, what if this is real? What if there's something along these lines that this is real? Yeah, maybe. Like, maybe he's not the only one. I mean, that's look. It sounds preposterous. But what doesn't sound preposterous, I mean, that we cover, and that even there's other things that sound crazy that end up proving to be real later on down the road. I mean, I like to laugh about it. The, the headline grabbed me because it was here in Texas, and it's a guy got in a fight with one. It's just funny. You know, you think of it's funny. But also, I feel bad for the guy. And if he really is suffering from some sort of paranoid delusion, I even feel worse for him and his family because he really believes that this is what's happening to him. Yeah. Well, you know. Aliens are known for not being very good at stand-up. I heard their ground game is sharp, though. I mean, you know, it's really hard to but get they past got their short, guard. They oh, got yeah. short legs. They got no guard. They got no guard. They got no sprawl. They got big heads. You're thinking they of the grays. I'm talking about the insectoids and the reptilians. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't want to roll with a Spider reptilian. Spider guard. Spider guard. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Well, let's take a break, folks. When we get back, we're going to get into some of these cryptids in Asia. You're listening to Expanded Perspectives. Hey 
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> All right, folks, we, we've been talking about doing, of course, more cryptids from around the world. So we've decided that uh, this show, we're going to do a little Asian cryptid, a little bit more. You know, we've talked off and on, I guess, about a few of them, maybe not covering as many as we're going to try to touch on today. And so starting out, Kyle was telling me some pretty wild stuff. Kyle, what all, we were just making fun of, of a name. So go ahead. Let's just start off with that right quick. Let's the name start, of the, the, the supreme leader of North Korea? Yeah. That Kim was, Jong-un? Because we were talking about uh, this cryptid that you have there. Yes. This takes place near Heaven Lake, which is, it kind of borders Korea and China. Okay. It's also known as Lake Tianchi. And uh, it's said to be an area, you know, to the, the, the older people there, that they say that it's a... An area that's known as the Lair of Dragons. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, you know, you see these a lot of these uh, Chinese uh, art and things where they always mm-hmm. have the dragons. I mean, it's very popular even in tattoos now. Mm-hmm. With the koi, the too. The koi oh, is supposed yeah. to, you know, swim the, the waterfalls. But, you know, they have the, in, in Chinese folklore, they have a, lo- uh, a vast tradition of these dragons that, mm-hmm. that used to exist at one time. So I always wondered what that is. Is it a metaphor for something else? Uh, a giant, uh, perhaps like a Komodo dragon or something? Or was there really, you know, some kind of dinosaur or something that these people were seeing long yeah, ago? Know. You know, and it's really neat. Now, this is located. This lake, this Heaven's Lake or Lake Tianchi, is located near the peak of Baikadu Mountain, and this is near the Changbai Mountain Ranges, encompassing the Jilin Province of China, and also the Rangagang Province of North Korea. Now, Lake Tianchi is formed in the crater of a volcano, and it, you know, last time it erupted was during the eighth century. And now it's a pretty barren lake with little fish or anything, any kind of plant life in it to support life. So it's kind of like, you know, there's other lakes like the Dead Sea and things that are giant bodies of water, but they just don't really sustain that much life. I think it does have some fish, but no, no large species. That's Mm -hmm. the main important part. Uh, Minnows and, you know, crawdads and things like that. But no, there's no like sturgeons that they know of or big striped bass or anything like that that they know that lives in there. Now, reports going back even to the early 20th century. With one of the first sightings. Now, the first sighting was actually in 1903. Now, check this out. They said at that time there was a large buffalo-like creature that attacked three people. And it was actually, Jeff, shot six times. And the creature then retreated under the water. It didn't hurt it. Now, Chinese researchers claim that they've collected over 100 reports just between 1962 and 1994 of a similar-like creature. So what could that be? A buffalo-like creature. Yeah, how do you... Hmm. Right? That's pretty neat. Now, in August 1980, a party, a party of meteorologists saw a large animal 
that had a three-foot neck, a cow-shaped head, and a duck-shaped beak. And in early 1987, a group of 50 tourists were surprised when a lake monster surfaced near the eastern shore. Now, one witness, Shen Ruder, said it roared like a locomotive and sprayed water out of its nose. Now, photos and video of this dragon-like creature have been popping up on YouTube. You can check some of those out. Some of the photos were actually taken uh, back in September of 1994, where apparently this video shows a creature swimming for 10 minutes on the surface and raising waves up to six feet high. Now, I looked all over, and I saw some videos on YouTube, but to me, all the videos I saw, it was nothing that dramatic. To me, it just looked like something in the water. You could see something, Mm -hmm. but... You know, what could it be to me? Look, if it's a if it's a water with say the water's kind of moving, I don't know. I'm sure there's rivers that come off of this lake. Could it be just like a piece of trash or something that's hung on a branch or something and it looks like something swimming, but in reality, it's just the current breaking around this, you know, a piece of trash or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think they've actually they've actually had that happen before. People have seen uh, things that they've seen like in a river where plastic is moving and things like that. And it looks, it looks like something swimming, right? Yes, it if looks you take like a video out of moving. context. Yes. That's very easily what it could be. Now, they also said that four black animals were seen frolicking in the lake by more than 200 people in 1996. And this the film there uh, was captured by a photographer named Wang Ling. And again, in 2004, there was another mass sighting when no less than get this 500 people saw the creature leaping from the water. And they said that the people that saw it that day described it as a serpentine form with a horse-like head and black scales. Now, the following year, a number of soldiers from the People's Liberation Army saw a blackish, green-like serpent creature swimming in the lake. So, what is it that these people are seeing? I mean, how could you confuse something with a horse head, black scales, a serpentine body? Man... I'm not saying it's not real, but that seems it seems odd to me that there would be a creature that big, supposedly living in this body of water that doesn't really have that much, you know, fish and food to eat. Mm-hmm. Could it be something where they misjudging the size of it, and it was just like, say, a, a large freshwater eel, or perhaps it was a snake? But, but we already know that you, that you don't care for lake monster stories anyway. But. How do you misjudge something like that? That's a horse head leaping out of the water. I'm also wondering, too, is it lost in translation? Is there something going on with the translation of the stories? You know what I mean? Yeah, is, no, I know exactly. Yeah, I don't know, because I do know that the this is like that with any culture. I mean, I guess you could say the Asian culture, but I'm not sure that that would be fair. But I mean, even into the the studies that I've done into the Japanese and some of this here, and I know into the, into the Chinese, they believe a lot in spirits. There's a lot of different spirits, almost like elementals that... that go with different things too. a lot of their folklore. So I'm wondering if they're maybe kind of go ahead and attributing that to what they're seeing. They're seeing something and they're kind of elaborating on what that is. And I'm going to bring something up and I don't want this to sound uh, like I'm stereotyping a group of people, but I have a hard time believing that there are 500 Asian people that all witnessed this and not one of them had a camera. I not see, one. I know what you're saying. Yeah. 2004. Yeah. Not one camera. Nobody had a picture. Nobody had a video camera. Nobody had anything going on with it. Right. Yeah. 500 people. 500 people saw it. I mean, I'm not Leaping out of the water and blowing water out of its nose. And, and doing it had all a horse-like head and black scales. Yeah. I mean, with today, I mean, that's the thing. Everybody's got a phone on their camera now. I mean, of course, in 2004, not everybody did. But still, out of 500 people. <laughs> a phone on their camera. A camera in their phone. 
Oh, what did I say? A, a phone, phone on, on their camera. camera. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's almost what it seems like, right? Like the, exactly. my kids think that I have like a video game machine that also makes phone makes calls. Makes a phone I'm call. Like, oh yeah. man, I really want a phone. I'm like, why? So I can play games. I'm like, well, you don't need a phone to do that. <laughs> right. right. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. 500 people all saw this. Nobody took a picture. And it was that extravagant. That extravagant. That, yeah. So like I said, you can go on YouTube. You can find pictures or so-called videos of this thing. But every video I saw, nothing near as neat as the details that are described in these stories. You. Now, they also said in 2007, now this is one of the videos that I did see, a guy named Zhou Yongsheng, who was a Chinese TV reporter, and he filmed a 20-minute video of six unidentified creatures in the volcanic lake on September 6th. And you can watch this. Now, according to the news reports, it shows that these creatures are swimming in parallel in three pairs. But to me, I watched the pictures. The video is so poor that it literally looks like black dots swimming. You can see where it's causing a ripple in the water. It could very well be ducks. It could be all that I see. Anything in the water at that point. Absolutely. This, I got you. Supposedly, this creature that's swimming in parallel. Could be just a flock. Of like we birds. said, look, we don't want to poop on the stories. I the don't. stories are awesome, but, but if you're going to say I've got a video of it, much like we've said in the past, when you say I've got audio footage of this, you kind of have to have something that makes me go, "Oh, well, you do have video of something." You do for me to be. I mean, when you read the stories in print, they sound fantastical, but none of the videos ever support anything that neat. <laughs> exactly, I mean, it just looks like something swimming. Well, yeah. like, hey, look, that could be anything. Moving on, have you ever heard of the Lake Kanas monster? No. Now. This one is pretty similar. Now, Lake Kanas uh, was created by glacial activity some 200,000 years ago, and this point is located definitely in China. Uh, the lake is about 25 kilometers long. It's about two and a half kilometers wide, and it's about 188 meters deep. And this is one of the main reasons that many tourists come to this lake is they want to see the legendary monster of the Lake Kanas. Now, it says that local people have known about these creatures for centuries, and according to these local legends, the monsters used to snap, uh, snatch sheep, they would snatch cattle, Whoa. and they would even snatch and eat horses who came down too close to the water to, you know, to drink. Mm -hmm. Now, it sounds like you know, a crocodile ambush, so that's pretty neat. Now, they said the first known scientific research of these legends started in the 1980s by a university there in China. Now, they did not believe in these folk tales, they said, until a group of the students actually saw a group of some 50 reddish brown fishes and each one of these was 10 to 15 meters long and this took place in 1985 and they said that they assessed by looking at them that the the combined weight of all those fishes might have been up to four tons i mean these were giant fishes what i'm picturing is like giant koi a giant carp or something and of course this university is thinking that that's probably where these folk tales come from as people had seen those but do you think it's big enough? I mean, uh, a fish could get large enough, like a, a koi fish or a, a, a sturgeon or something, carp, to actually snatch like a baby cow as it came down to water. I mean, is that even possible? Do you I think? don't know. I don't. Right. I would think that if they. I don't know if they would get big enough. I just want to know how you would it would grab something without it being in the water already, and then why would it? I have. No I mean, idea. how big would it have to be? To I mean, I'm sure koi. I've seen them, you know, eat the pellets off the top of the water. I mean, I'm sure they would, you know, go after grasshoppers or something. But how big would something like that have to be to go after a cow? I have no idea. Now they do know that the longest freshwater fish in that area is actually the Mekong giant catfish. No, yes, yeah. And those things get ginormous. You ever seen pictures of them on the uh, internet? Yes. Yeah, they're incredible. There's also a, a species of salmon that lives there, and it's called the taimen. And uh, this fish can live up to 55 years old. It can get more than two meters long, and it easily weigh over 100 kilograms. So this is a giant species of salmon. 
So there's no doubt that uh, that there's large fish that could occupy that mm-hmm. area of Asia. So is that what people are mis you know misidentifying as this monster of Kanas Lake? But uh, moving to some history, there's been sightings of this creature uh, that's been happening for a long time. Even some videos, much like the other case, uh, but to me, none of them seem that fantastic. Now, in May 2004, uh, a guy saw a giant fish and compares it to the size of a small submarine. On June 6th and 8th in 2004, a tourist managed to take a picture of an unknown creature in the lake. Again, it looks like a large black object. On June 6, 2005, two animals were filmed by a tourist from a yacht. And in this video, the creatures are swimming together, and they're visible for two minutes. And they are both longer than 10 meters long. Mm. I mean, that's pretty long. Yes. Now, July 5, 2007, early morning, 7.50 a.m. to 8.20, a group of seven tourists observed and took a video of two giant creatures. It looks as if these fish were chasing each other. They jump out of the water and cause huge waves. Each one of these fish, a two, appear to be at least 10 meters long. Whoa. July 5th, 2009, tourists in a boat see a group of animals that rise approximately one meter tall waves. So whatever it is, it's causing huge, you know, current and um, splashes and stuff on the surface of the water. May 2011, a group of 28 people observed monsters for eight minutes. This event also is filmed. July 5th, 2012, 15 creatures are observed. And the footage is actually aired on several different TV stations around China. And again, the last and most recent one was September 9th, 2013, where hundreds of tourists see a distant shadow under the water, which moves towards them. Said this creature was seen for minutes, and then it disappeared deeper into the lake. So, although there's been lots of efforts to study this phenomenon, they haven't had much success. The the couple universities around there have been... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and of course, there's always individual cryptozoologists and people that are trying to get pictures of this thing. But with all the photographs and all the video that's ever been taken, this Lake Kanas monster, to me, it looks like it's a giant catfish or something. And I'm not so sure that it's even really 10 meters. Well, Once again, I think that uh, when objects are seen underwater, it can it, it changes the way it looks. Yes. You've shot uh, both. You've been bow fishing yes. before. And what something looks like it's right there, it's really not. Or even the size and shape of the thing is a little yes. bit different. So when they see something in these films and in person and you you know, you know know about the history and the lore of the area, I think a lot of times people see a giant catfish and they're like, oh, yeah, that thing was at least 10 meters, at least 30 feet long. It yeah. had to be. Well, I remember doing Reality, it's not that way. I've done a, a, that the One Lake Monster story or the One Lake Monster uh, show that I did was, you know, I had some of the lakes in China. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a lot of all it, it seemed to me. That almost every lake like that in China has some sort of lake monster story. It seems exactly. like almost every body of water has something like that. I was, I'm, I'm sitting here and I was rolling through my mind. It's just, it's over, a little over three feet. Isn't it like a 3.2 feet is what uh, I believe a meter to a foot is? Yeah. So you're talking a 32 foot animal underwater is what we're talking about. That's what they're claiming that they're seeing. Yeah. I, what, look. There's what freshwater fish is going to be 32 feet long? Yeah, has there ever been? No, you know it's it's that's what I'm saying. I don't. I think that the people are. You think it's total misidentification? That I they're think getting that, into? yeah. I think that people are seeing giant catfish, and they're misidentifying how how long it is. That it just you know just doesn't seem that. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think that when they're seeing it, they're seeing it under a very stressful? Maybe they're stressing themselves. They're excited. They're I think fearful. They're excited, and they they don't want to really get a good look at it. Maybe they think it brings bad luck. 
you know what I mean, the superstitions there that set in. So that's the reason that they're not taking the time to really get a clear look at it. They're like, that's what I saw. Well, did you see the horse head? Yeah, yeah, it had to have a horse head. It was 30 foot long. You think that's what's going on? Absolutely. Well, just imagine a carp or like a catfish coming up and having some moss or something stuck to mm-hmm. its head. And, and in the excitement, they mis- mis- misidentify that as being like hair. I can see that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or we've yeah. even done, we've already seen the photographs even here in the United States of the like fungus that would grow on trout and stuff. And it looks like they got hair That's on true. It. That's true. Yeah. So it could be something similar to that. And then, yeah. of course, right, you're saying, oh, yeah, it had a horse head. It had hair on it. I saw it. It had a mane. I saw it shoot fire out of its nostrils. You know, you get these crazy stories because all the ones in these in this Lake Canoss, I mean, to me, it's just they see dark shadows, giant dark shadows under the water. There's no cases of it knocking a boat over and eating three people. Well, you always hear not, these, but you never do. Yeah. By the time you look in, you can never find a verification of these stories. That's right. I got you. There's even some stories even around Turkey. Now, this is just south of Mount Ararat, and uh, there's a fresh body of water there named Van Lake. Now, this lake is about uh, one mile long. It's over five, It's located at 5,160 feet above sea level, and it was created during the Pleistocene again when a volcano erupted, creating a huge you know, basin that eventually became this lake. Now, the first article to ever be published about a monster being seen this is a relatively new one. It didn't happen until November 2nd, 1995. Now, in the article, the article actually says the Turkish authorities are sending investigators to the county's largest lake to look for what witnesses have described as a dinosaur-like monster. The Parliamentary Commission has agreed to send a search party designed to unveil Turkey's version of its very own Loch Ness monster after the provincial deputy governor claimed to have seen it himself. Now, like I was saying, the sightings are in this monster didn't start till around 1995 and almost all the sightings of this monster has been from that point forward although there is history now there is the only historical evidence they ever have of this creature is there's persistent rumors regarding an ancient engraving discovered in a small church on one of the lake van's four islands which is and then this ancient drawing they claim depicts the features of a creature that lived in that lake. I got you. And in this picture, they, they say that it looks like it's about 50 feet long. It has dark mottled skin. It has two small eyes situated on top of its head. It has a sharp triangular hump on its back. And uh, they think that this points to what this Van Lake monster really is. But they do say since 1995 that hundreds of people have come forward claiming to be eyewitnesses to this animal. And they all say that it has a prehistoric look to it. In appearance. Now, in 1997, there was a short video clip captured of the creature by a 26-year-old Van University teaching assistant named Yunal Kozak. Now, this controversial video has baffled researchers since then, and they've been looking at it for a long time, trying to identify what it is that's in that film. Now, some people looking at it say that they claim that they see a beak. Others say that it's nothing more than an elephant that happens to be swimming in the water, and that the video is depicting of that. Others... Claim, just like I was talking about it earlier, that it's a pile of garbage moving through the water. I got you. Uh, like maybe trash bags or something being dragged through the water, and that's what people are seeing. Now, in late 1997, there was a film of the creature, supposedly, that was aired on CNN. And since that time, a lot of cryptozoologists who have, were unaware of this phenomenon have become aware of it and have been flocking to this area. That's pretty cool. Trying to do their own research. 
Now, there is one guy. Now, he is um, a professor, a biology professor there at the local university. I won't even try to pronounce this uh, university there in Turkey. <laughs> but he claims that it's not possible. He says that, and a direct quote is, it is simply not possible for a creature this size claimed to be seen in all these videos that there's no possible way that it could sustain life in a, in a lake like this. There's just nothing for something that size to live off yeah. of. And I agree with him, and I think that that's a... Uh, an important thing to remember when you when you see these stories. Are they neat? Are they fantastical? Whether it's Ogopogo, whether it's Loch Ness and Old Nessie and all these, uh, what's the Pi Pi? What's the one that's in the Mississippi River? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? All of these, they're, they're great. They're fantastical stories. They're nice. I think it's passed down. People like to tell their kids. Everybody takes their kids fishing. And, of course, the topic comes up. And I always, and I've talked in other shows that the lake monsters are my least favorite of all the cryptids <laughs> because I just don't. You know, you hear the fancy stories, but you don't really ever see anything. And, and I don't know, I don't know why it is that I can't get myself to to buy into this. Well, and it's one of those things too. To me, is this: <laughs> it's one thing to say that you have a large primate, a hairy primate, or something living. Yeah. You know, in in but when you start putting them in the confounds of a lake, something about it. I don't know why that is. I'm kind of along the same. Something about that. It's almost like you put it in more of an area. It'd almost be like saying Bigfoot lives. We spot we see Bigfoot in the woods, but we only see him in, in this, one park in this one area. That's it. Yeah, and nobody's this one high, high fenced park, yeah. by the way, because whatever's living in the Loch Ness, it can't get out. Yeah, it's I, always there. Or they say it does. They say it's got tunnels to the ocean. And yeah, all this. I don't. I, I can see what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know why. I guess like you're talking about hairy hominids. There are other hairy hominids on the planet, so you can yeah. see it. Yeah, where I'm like, come on, plesiosaurs. I don't know. I don't buy it. <laughs> Although I will say, Michele Mbembe, for some reason, if I think it's in the deep, dark jungle, then it's possible. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how I can the justify Highlands it of Scotland, to myself. Yeah. The, the arid desert of Turkey, I don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know why some fit and some I just don't. I wish I, wished, I, 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 wish I had a reason, but I don't. <laughs> Anyways, if you're interested in those, I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. Check them out. The Van Lake Monster, the Lake Monster of Canas. And the Heavenly Lake up in China and Korea. It's pretty interesting if you're into lake monsters. Well, I, I've got some cool stuff here. Uh, just a few I want to touch on here in Japan. Yeah, let's hear them. And first of all, I, I narrowed it down to these. I, I, I've covered three of them here. And the reason, like I say, I narrowed it down to these three is because there are literally, seems like hundreds of them that come from Japan. And it seems like there's there's and I wouldn't say cryptids. I, I I can't use the word cryptid for all of them. Some of them do seem like like we talked about like spirits or or different almost like demons or these little entities and things. But then some of them are these actual cryptid animals. So I'm I'm gonna touch on these three are probably some of my favorite. This the reason I went with this one, and I may have brought it up before, but this is is because it, it resembles so close to our 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 Bigfoot, and it's the Hibagon. And we've discussed, I believe, before with the Hibagon or the Hinagon. But anyway, basically, that is Japan's equivalent to our Bigfoot or to our, you know, whatever you want to call it, Sasquatch, however you prefer to, mm-hmm. with a nomenclature, whatever you prefer. That's pretty much what it is. And it's been reported in this little area there, this mountainous area around Mount Hiba, given the name the Hibagon, in the uh, Hiroshima Prefecture there. And I'm going to tell you what it looks like. They say that this thing stands around five. I'm sorry, around five feet. So it's around five feet tall. They estimate it to weigh about 180 pounds. They say it has a snub nose and deep, glaring eyes. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. They say it's dark colored, so it's brown or black hair. They said there's sometimes there's patches of white on its chest and on its hands. 
Now they, they claim that the footprints they've seen are 10 to 11 inches long. They say it smells real foul, like rotting bodies. That's very common, though. And they say that, get a load of this, hair doesn't grow on its butt. It's got a hairless butt like a monkey's. Yeah. And it's got a pointy head. Now, that's some of the claims. Now, like I said, there's a series of sightings that started in the area around Mount Hibba in 1970. And they ran to 1982, bouncing around through there. Now, the first one, I guess that you could actually say the first Hibbagon sighting, occurred in early 1970. And they actually, like we talked about with uh, 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 Gary about the, the elementary school kids, there was a group of elementary school students saw this. They were actually picking mushrooms, the wild mushrooms there in the forests of Mount Hibba, and they came across an ape-like beast. They said it come crashing through the brush nearby. And apparently they what they believe was it was so aggravated by the presence that that's what it made some real threatening gestures, broke the branches, kind of like a gorilla would. Yeah. So it sounds like sounds like a, uh, a Japanese uh, ape, ape. Yeah. Right? It's busting through the brush. It's all this stuff. And then, boom, it takes off. Now, of course, the children freaked out. They took off back to the teacher, told them all what they had saw. They said they, they went and did a little further investigation. The creature was gone. But they said that, you know, they were talking about it with the kids. When they got there to do the investigation and all that stuff, they were smashed underbrush, broken branches, twisted branches, stuff pulled apart. They said stuff big enough to be broke that the school children together probably couldn't have broke what was they were tearing apart. Yeah. So they're like, well, these school kids probably didn't do it themselves. They didn't hoax this. Yeah. yeah. They didn't mess around. Now, the same year, in 1970, in July, this creature was spotted again. And except this time it was by a utility truck driver. And this driver reported seeing, uh, like you discussed, a gorilla-like creature on two legs run across a field near a dam. And it run across the road and then it ran off into the forest. Now, he said the creature in this case was reported bipedal, like we talked about. So he's running Mm -hmm. and said that it it was hunched over quite a bit. And it had very long arms. That was almost dragging the ground, and its face was like a, a smashed pug nose, a very like a, a smashed snouted face that they saw. Now, like I said, there was a surge. That, like I could go in tons of these sightings. There was a surge of of these eyewitness accounts got turned in in 1974, and then pretty much after 74, all the stuff there at Hibagon it just vanished. That's it. Nothing until 1980. So for six years, nothing. Hmm. Then in 80, there was one seen crossing a river, running through a river crossing there. And then in 81, on a road near a health center, there was one seen. And then again, <laughs> here it is. In 82, there was a, there was a little town there called uh, Mitsugi. It's located, they say, about 30 kilometers west of Yamano. Now, this is pretty wild. In the, this report, the Hibagon, was described along the lines of, of a Sasquatch. He's about two meters tall. So, you know, now we're still going on the five to six feet or so, let's say. Mm-hmm. But the craziest thing was this. They said that when they saw this creature, it appeared to be holding a stone tool like an axe. Now, that's cool. Yeah. And it, as it was it was running, apparently it crossed the road and crossed there, but it was carrying like a, a an axe, almost like a wild man, like we've discussed. A devolved human. A devolved human, right. Now, again, after 1982... The sightings 
stopped and it just seems like they're all gone. And digging around and looking into this and going through everything I could find, you can't really find anything much after this time. Very, very few reports, but nothing along the lines of more like, well, I saw something dark over here or saw some brush over there. I know there's a lot of theories behind it. Some people said that it was abnormally large size, like, what are they, macaques or something, large monkeys that they've got over there. Some people say those are just, they're abnormally large sized and people are just misidentifying what they're seeing. But if it's true, then what is this monkey doing carrying a stone axe? Right. There was also some theories floating around that they were uh, 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 from World War II, that they were a lot of Japanese soldiers that didn't know the war was over and that they'd been hiding out in the mountains and, you know, weren't willing to come in to give themselves up. And that's what all it was. And the reason that all these sightings dropped off is they were, you know, not necessarily devolved, but mm-hmm. they were looking more like cavemen and they've, they've all died. And that's the reason you don't see them anymore. So there's some strange theories that go along with this whole thing, but it's very, very interesting. Now here, here's quite possibly uh, one of my favorite water creatures, let's say, if we're going to get into this. I'm going to bring up the Kappa. All right, yeah. now You're, you're going to enjoy this because it plays a lot into the Japanese culture. Now, Kappa basically is is a river child is what it stands for they're also called like river boy or and that, that's i think kawataro kawako means river child komahiki is like horse puller so there's all these different names of almost like has to do with river so we're going into the the water again and like i said now in japanese folklore it's considered a water deity all right now it's believed that when you start talking to the skeptics that this whole thing was made up of the Kappa to keep children from, from getting near rivers and lakes on their own to not, you know, get off into the water and something happened to them. Right. And it's also been suggested now for several years that the Hanzaki, which is the giant salamander over Mm -hmm. there in Japan, that's very aggressive. You know, it comes out of the water and grabs stuff, you know, and things like that. And when I say giant, like it looks like a dog, like it looks like it's 30 or 40 pounds. You can see pictures of guys holding them. Yeah. You know, they're big. They think that maybe this had something to do with the legends. Maybe it actually grabbed the child and didn't really, maybe didn't kill it. Now, of course, you take a 30 or 40 pound salamander, if it was to grab a little toddler and pull it in the water, then you could, it could drown the toddler pretty easily. Very easily. I mean, especially, yeah. So they're thinking maybe that that's kind of what got going on. But there's some strange things about this because they're so well respected in Japan and they're so believed in that they are actually protected in certain regions of Japan. The cryptids are the kappa. This kappa, and it's called Ten Ushimari, is where it's kept. Now, Ten Ushimari is an agricultural region there along a river, the Chikugu River, and apparently it's the largest river in the Kyushu area there of Japan. So, to me, if the local government there, like I said, it's first of all, it's known for these giant grapes and all this, but the local government there has produced laws that protect the kappa, much like what you and I discussed. About the Orang Pendek. Mm. So now the local government has made it to where, you know, this refuge over, well, this is the Kappa refuge. This is where we, you know, where we go. Now in that Tamushigari, or I'm sorry, Tenushimari region there, the history apparently goes way back to like the beginning, that this is where it all started. And some actually believe that it's still that way, that this truly is where it all started. And I'm going to tell you that. Now it's called Kuzimbo. Kuzimbo was the name of the leader of the entire Kappa. 
That's the leader of the Kappa. The leader of the Kappa. And they were scattered throughout Japan. It's believed that he generally lives on that river, on that uh, Chikugo River. Now, they say that, that he v- visits other rivers there in Japan and lives there for you know short times. So he's just kind yeah. of visiting, just mm-hmm. getting out. Now, there are some Kappa researchers that, that are there's some people, just like Bigfoot researchers, that get into this Kappa research. They believe that that Chikugo River is actually the home of Kuzimbo. And it's located downstream of uh, Tenshimari, which is there's a town called Kermuri City, and they actually worship Kuzimbo there. So he's part of their worship. Now, there's a lot of coming off that Kuziko River. There's a lot of like waterways and tributaries and things running off of there. So it's believed that that's how the Kappa spread, that they started, then they spread out. Well, people always talk about, well, let's let's discuss what they look like. If you spot a Kappa, if anybody's out and they spot them, this is what you're looking for. It's child sized. They call it a child sized humanoid. Now, they say that their bodies are more like those of monkeys or frogs. Than human beings. Hmm. Now they start talking about the descriptions of their faces. Some are ape-like, but others are talked about where they've got beaks to where they look kind of like a tortoise, like a turtle face. You know, they got those little sharp points and all that. Some. Yeah, I think I saw a picture of like a mummified body of you one did in you a, did in a temple or something. Yes, but I don't know much about yes. that. Yes, well they. Some of the taxidermists have said, you know, that's what it is, and I mean, you don't. We don't really know what it, is. it could have been a large turtle, you know. I mean, there's all this stuff because like you're talking about, but that's the face, that beaked yeah, face, uh-huh. even that thing that washed up, that looked like a gray, looked like a pit bull with a turtle face on it or something. People were saying that was the body of a kappa that had washed up on there, which is funny. So that's right. That was like off Montauk, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Now here's another thing too. They also say that they actually have thick shells on their back and scaly skin. And their skin range from green to yellow or blue. So it's, you know, different colors. And, and I guess you could see that if it would kind of like fish. Mm. Those are green, yellow, or blue. Fish are a lot of green, yellow, and blue. And like I said, now they're also saying that, you know, they also have been known to inhabit ponds. So they're in ponds, the rivers, and all this of Japan. They also say that they have webbed hands and webbed feet. They're said to smell like fish and can swim very, very well. Now, knowing that the Brud were really into Pokemon, <laughs> Psyduck, Golduck, Lotad, Lombre, that's just an, a few names of the Pokemon that were based, they believe, on the Kappa. That's how much it portrays into their culture. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Doing research into this, I, when I bring up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, when I bring up that movie, not the new one, not the CGI one, the one where they were in the, the costumes. All right. Yes, sir. The old school. Yes. Mm -hmm. The one with uh, vanilla ice. Do you remember the third one where they time traveled back to feudal Japan and was back there with the samurais? The third Ninja Turtle movie? No. (laughs) Can't say that. I've seen it. I want to see it. A long time ago. I've seen it. Well, when I was doing some research, they brought that film up because in that film, when they time travel, people run off and they're screaming Kappa. They're calling the Ninja Turtles Kappas. Oh, really? Yeah, so that was one of those things. It's, it's, it's even tied up in our movies. I'm going to have to check this out, because I've literally seen almost every kung fu movie ever made. I'm a huge uh, yeah, fan yeah. of Well, they're known to be, like I've said, mischievous. They say these are mischievous. They say they're very curious. Now, they've talked about the people that live along the river befriending them, and that when the heavy rains continue and the river threatens to overflow the bank, that the people depend on the kappa to protect them. Mm, leave them little fish. Leave them little rice. Cucumbers. 
Cucumber. What about sake? They love cucumbers. Like obsessed with cucumbers. Kappa love them. Said they even invite them, what they say, to local sumo comp- wrestling competitions. Right on. But there's some old folklore. And here's a story of some old folklore of the Kappa. It says a long, long time ago, there was a lazy Kappa named Yagoro. He would always nap on top of the wooden irrigation channels instead of spending time with the other Kappa. He always napped because he was so tired. Every night he played through the region, satisfying his curiosity. One hot summer day when the children were playing in the river, suddenly a Kappa, Yogoro, came floating down. They were astonished because Kappa were supposed to be such good swimmers. He had run about so much at night that he wore out his supernatural powers while he was sleeping, fell into the irrigation channel, and was swept away. Hmm. Yaguro's failure left him immortalized in the saying, Kappa no Kawanagari, which literally means a Kappa swept downstream. And it has come to mean that even experts can sometimes make mistakes. Huh. So in their folklore, it even goes into that. Now, like I said, they're curious. They're kind of mischievous. But you also find some stuff where they're talking about that they're known to molest women, harass travelers, challenge people to things, be a little sinister. Said they're represented as murderous monsters in some places that they've known to attack humans and cattle. And again, like we talked about, horses, pulling them to their deaths, like you discussed with the water creatures. Also, too, they say that they, they've been known for pulling their victims' trail entrails through their anus. Wow. Pulling it, their guts right out of them. Now, I think a, I've heard that before. Yes. I think there's another Japanese cryptid that does the same thing. Well, they always, talk, I can't remember what it was. I think Ben and Aaron actually talked about it when I first heard about it. It may be. But yes, but the Kappa has the same thing as you're talking about. And also, too, that could be, they say, you know, from the water and, you know, things like this. Now, in 1970, there were two police officers witnessed a hunched over form at the side of a county road right around dusk. Now, they thought it was a small child, perhaps lost or in trouble. So the officers slowed down to approach it. As they drew closer, the form reared up and they could see it wasn't a child at all, but rather a child-sized creature that was reported as resembling something like a cross between a monkey and a frog with large piercing eyes. Huh. They also mentioned that the creature had very prominent claws and that it was reported it was chattering in a high-pitched voice before it just took off running on the two legs and ran off into the brush. Hmm. Now, they said it was made fairly far from water, this sighting was, and that it moved very, very agile. So it makes you wonder, can Kappa just jump up and run? I mean, because I'm picturing like a turtle running, you know, and you're like standing on back legs. I don't imagine turtles are too quick. Now, here's a little interesting thing I found. At around 11 p.m. on August 1st of 1984, in the town of Shumai in Nagasaki, a squid fisherman named Ru was walking home from the local pier after work. As he passed near the Kuda River, he came upon a small group of children playing at the water's edge. While it was not entirely uncommon to encounter people fishing in the river at night, he said it was rather surprising to see youngsters there. As Rue approached the children, he was struck by how bizarre they appeared in the moonlight. He could make out swarthy faces, unusually spindly arms and legs, and glistening skin. Suspicious, he called out to them as he neared, but they seemed startled 
and quickly disappeared into the water. The next morning, when he returned to the same spot, Rue discovered a set of moist, teardrop-shaped footprints on the nearby pavement. The prints, which appeared to consist of a slimy substance that had begun to coagulate under the hot morning sun, stretched for about 20 meters. Each footprint measured 22 centimeters, or about 10 inches long, and 12 centimeters, or 5 inches wide. And they were spaced about 50 to 60 centimeters apart, or about 2 foot apart. Now, Rue and a few curious onlookers immediately suspected the footprints belonged to a kappa. People began to gather around as the news spread quickly through town, and all agreed the prints belonged to Kappa. And in the minds of many residents, the footprints confirmed the existence of these what they called river imps. And of course, local legends grew. Now, the police forensic investigators arrived on the scene, and they determined that the slimy footprints consisted of an unknown secretion. They took a sample to the lab for analysis, but the results unfortunately turned out to be inconclusive because the sample was too small and the police in that area eventually just totally dropped their their investigation. And the footprints, or the, the, I guess you could tell, the mystery of the slimy footprints was never solved. Man, that's bizarre. It's pretty strange, isn't it? Yeah, I'd have to... Man, what? The Kappa. The Kappa. Now, there's one more we're going to get into because it's this is very unsettling. This is an unsettling thing. The Jaminkin. If you haven't heard of Jaminkin, you're going to know what they are when I talk about them. The Jaminkin are these dogs with human faces that supposedly appear at night in these Japanese urban areas and along highways and things like that. They can also talk. They're also said to be very rude and will ask you to leave them alone. Now, most of the Japanese urban legends, you know, it's not so much, you know, craziness as far as how unlucky you are, but with the Jaminkin... These things aren't known to kill people, whereas some are. The Jamaican are just known to want to be left alone, which is kind of strange to me, is that most yeah. of them, you know, are, are evil. The Kappa's kind of, you know, I would say an evil, you know, the Hibigan or whatever. All these things, but you get to this Jamaican and it's like they just want to be left alone. Now, there's speculation to some of these tales that, that they too are macaques that were walking on all fours instead of just, you know, sitting around these monkeys because it looks kind of like a dog hair. But, you know, and it looks like a human face and they say they make these human sounds and all this stuff but this folklore comes from a long long time ago now it's called the Edo era the Edo era it's from 1603 to 1868 now this is where these human faced dogs were often encountered and cited by locals and they were occasionally even featured in publications from that era these encounters and things now in addition to all these sightings there were times that allegedly these Jaminkin were actually put on exhibition. So these people actually had them. Now, there is a type of Japanese sideshow or carnival sideshow that used to be very, very popular in the Edo era called Masamono. Now, Masamono was basically what you could think of as a normal sideshow full of curiosities and all this wild stuff, you know, exotic animals. You can only imagine what they could gather up you yeah. know, and try to get everybody's you know, money and however it was going to be. Now, there's a publication from that time, the Edo era, that time of this sideshow. That's they say it's it's this a testimony of a visiting zoologist, and he says that he actually laid his eyes upon a Jamaican. This is what he wrote: There, covering and whimpering in the corner of the display booth, I saw the hunched-over form of what I first took 
to be a typical Shiba Inu, although a somewhat more pugnant odor. Then the thing looked up with sad eyes, and I could see clearly that it was the face of a human being, albeit with empty, soulless gaze of an animal. I immediately assumed trickery upon seeing such an aberration. Yet, if one had forged such a horrific sight, then they had done so with such ingenuity and craftsmanship that I was unable to ascertain it as such. If this was some sort of macabre taxidermy of a living thing, then it was done without any visible indication of such. I could see no apparent stitches or artificial connection between human face and dog. I was eager to be on my way from such a ghastly abomination, and the thing's gaze left me with a deep unease long after I had left. But the thing was alive? He said it was alive. So how could he taxidermy? I mean... That's what he's saying. That is creepy. A dog with a human's head on it. Yes. Yeah, with just a human face. The whole the whole thing. What's funny to me That's is how creepy. he says that it left him... He felt, even after he left, how uneasy and unnaturally felt. But it was making sounds. And it was... Now, could it have been faked? I guess it could have been. I mean, it could have been. But the way he describes it is it's alive. It's living there in the whole thing. Now... That is creepy, man. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting parts about that is premonitions of dread or feelings of deep despair are common occurrences with people that see these Jamaicans. And even there's reports of these Jamaicans hypnotizing onlookers or inducing these urges to just take off, to just get away from it, to run. And they're often considered to kind of be the forewarners of doom or disaster, much like the Mothman. Now, I'll tell you this, even in the 1980s, there was reports of a human-faced dog sighted rummaging through the garbage in the back alley of Tokyo in the Shibuya district. And it's a very well-developed, their urban area. And the wildest thing was, is it was a restaurant owner that reported this. Mm-hmm. And he said he came out to get rid of some trash. It was something. He went to yell at the dog. The dog turned around, had a human face on it. And as it was running off, it spoke and said, stop yelling at me. Jeez. What is that? The Jinmenkin. Jinmenkin, yeah. Human face dogs. Man, I have no idea. The I've never wild, heard of such a thing. Well, like I said, it, there's a, a ton of these. The wildest thing is this you don't find a lot of current sightings. Yeah. Which lends you to believe that most of this is old folklore. I mean, even in the Kappa, you find the stuff from the 80s, the Hibbigans from the 80s, human face dog from the 80s. It seems like it's all pretty much tapered down to now. I guess if I could speak Japanese and could get a hold of some Japanese, maybe there's some Japanese websites that have it. That's harder for us to find. Yeah, absolutely. But what's been translated and what we have now, it seems like it's all kind of died off in the 80s. So I don't know if it's conveniently died off in the 80s or if they're still going on today or if that's just the stories that they use because it's harder to vet, things like that. I don't know. But we do know that these Jamaican have been known for a long time. The cap of this is old folklore. This isn't anything new. So maybe there really was something that was going on there with even these human face dogs. I mean, that's crazy. It's a strange thing to even make up. It's, a, you know, to, to to say, oh, yeah, I saw a dog with a human's face. And I, I don't know. It's the whole thing yeah. is strange. But I couldn't find any like really 
prominent new sightings. Not like yeah. you can find Bigfoot or, you know, I mean, humanoid sightings. You can find those every day. There's something strange. I couldn't really find that with this one. That so is. that's what I got with some strange Japanese cryptids. But these are three I like my favorite. But there's hundreds of them. And that is crazy. Well, I'm freaked out totally. Let's take a break. <laughs> You're listening to Expanded Perspectives. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back with Expanded Perspectives. Oh, man, that the gym can that thing is spooky, man. I'm picturing like a dark alley, all these street vendors. And then this, you know, one of the vendors has this dog with a human face on it. I mean, Whimpering like in a cage. Oh, yeah, right? Like where what they, movie where they was sell, that on? What? They had a movie? There was a movie where that dog, like a, a a dog with a human face ran up and was talking to people or something. I forgot what it is. I cannot remember the name of that movie, but I know it, that's because that's what I thought of. The minute you were talking about it, that's exactly what I thought of. Really? I I don't think I've ever heard I don't was it a horror movie or I don't remember. I just remember seeing it. Is I don't remember if it was a if the dude Oh, I know been, what it was uh Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Is that what it is? I believe it was. Uh, the remake, of course. The old one was like mid the 50s. But the one that was made like in oh, I don't remember, 2000 something. I'm pretty sure. That's the one it was on? I think so. I'm not 100% like sure, it, but might I, have I been. think so. I remember seeing something uh, like that, though. I can't remember. But yeah. Uh, super scary. Well, if you're into cryptozoology, uh, and if you go to our website. If they're it, listening to this, they're into cryptozoology. Yeah, yeah right. Most likely, <laughs> unless you're a new listener. Uh, if you go to our website, expandedperspectives.com, you can see we've changed one of the ads on there to a friend of our show, Mr. Sam Sheeran. Now, if you're an Expanded Perspectives Elite member, you heard us mention him on the last show. But if you're not... And you're into cryptozoology. This guy is an amazing artist. He creates this new prince now. He's starting this cryptozoology prince that he's starting to make. And he's come out with his first one. And, of course, he's starting with the Sasquatch. I can't wait to get my copy. Oh, but if you go to awesome. his Facebook page and just look up Mr. Sam, M-I-S-T-E-R dash Sam on Facebook, you'll see it. There's links. I'll put links to it in the show notes. You can go over there. It's Mr. Sam MrSamSheeran.BigCartel.com. If you go over there, you can buy a print. Mm-hmm. It is pretty cool. I'm going to start a whole collection, like I had mentioned on the on the Elite Show. If you have a man cave, or if you have a game room, or a study, or something you'd like to decorate it, or you know, Christmas is coming it's, up, would be a great. If you gift. know someone who is into cryptozoology, uh, it would really be neat to have some of these prints. They're like poster size. I believe. believe in the kids. Kids would love them. That's right. And this guy, Mr. Sam Sheeran, he's an incredible artist. I mean, if you're not familiar with his work. He's created covers for comic books and graphic novels and and mainstream authors. We're talking about like Clive Barker. Yeah. We're talking about uh, comic books and, and graphic novels like Judge Dredd, The X-Files, Mars Attacks, 30 Days of Night, Angel Kiss. He don't mess around. He even did uh, Clive Barker's Books of the Blood. He's done album work for rock musicians like Godhead, Ministry, Rob Zombie, Iron Maiden, Power Man 5000, American Head Charge, Fear Factory. This is I mean, what tons happens of them, right? when worlds collide. Yeah, right? Whatever happened to those guys? I that's guess a, the world collided and they're gone. That's Rob's but anyway, he's brother. an amazing artist. Uh, he's even done the uh, 
uh, artwork for Shannon LaGro's new show, and he's on that show. Yep. Let's give props to that, too. That's called Into the Fray Radio. Uh, if you want to check that out, you can go to their website, IntoTheFray.com, IntoTheFrayRadio.com. I'm sorry. And uh, they're going to be on, be on iTunes, iTunes pretty quick. And everything pretty soon, but they've only come out with one episode, and their first episode is up on their website, and it's with uh, our friend, Mr. Nick Redfern. Also, too, we mentioned on the Elite Show, and we need to bring it up here, Paradigm Symposium is canceled. Oh, that's right. We're not going. Uh, I don't know what happened completely, but they're supposed to postpone it till sometime next year, I guess, was the last I've heard. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, right. We, yeah. I completely forgot. It. We've We're, been bummed about it. We we've been really bummed out about it. The official it, so. announcement wasn't even made till last week. And the sad thing is uh, we don't get our refund on our airfare, so we just lost about $800. Yeah. Yeah, that's gone. So That's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah. So there's that. So that we're just so folks, we don't have anything cool to bring you from that. I do have some other people I want to say thanks to. Manny and Crystal of All Day Paranormal. Yep. They told us, you know, thanks for our 2-year anniversary. That was awesome of them. The whole deal. Also, folks, if you want to check out another podcast and you want to have a good laugh because it makes me laugh my ass off, go check out Blurry Photos. Dave and David does a great job doing Mm -hmm. Blurry Photos, and we are actually going to be working with them here coming up pretty quick. They're a lot of fun. Makes me laugh. Yeah, we're going to have them on the show soon. Yeah, exactly. And for all of my grappling friends, everybody that follows us that's into jiu-jitsu and into MMA, I've got an awesome website for you to go to. Made friends with Jesse and... The guy writes awesome blogs. Check out whitebeltsurvivalstrategy.blogspot.com. If you're new to grappling, if you're new to jiu-jitsu, this is going to help you. It's not always the easiest thing to just walk into a gym and start, and sometimes it's overwhelming. Go in there and read some of this. He writes blogs all the time. There's always something new coming up, and I'm telling you, it'll help you a lot. It will really help you get through it. Because, like I said, it, it's it's tough. It's a it's a sport for everybody, but it's it's one of those things that sometimes it's overwhelming, and you got to know that everybody went through it. So check out Jesse's blog spot; it will definitely help. That is cool. Yeah, I'm sorry for those the uh, of you that also purchased your tickets to the Paradigm Symposium that we're not going to get to meet. I guess that's the thing I'm the most disappointed about. <sighs> Man, it's not the loss of money, but then we had several people that were going to go up there and meet with us. We were going to have a couple of drinks, maybe have some dinner. Uh, I wanted to re- really wanted to meet Travis Walton and yep. guys like that, but uh, they claim that it's going to be happening again in May or June of next year. But uh, we'll have to see if that actually actually goes down. We'll see. We'll see. Right. Well, thanks to everybody. Also, before we leave, if you like expanded perspectives, don't forget expanded perspectives elite. If you want to join over there, you can go to our website expandedperspectives dot com. Signing up is easy. If you like this show, you're going to like that show. What it is. It's an additional podcast, much like this show, about an hour to an hour and a half long. Most of them are about an hour long. Uh, and you'll get extra extra insight into shows that we don't do here that are rebroadcast on mm-hmm. the air. Now, some of the shows you might I want to bring up that you've already missed that you can go back and listen to, Cursed Ghost Ship Scam, you remember mm-hmm. that one? Mm-hmm. Hidden Proof of a Giant Race, Civil War Wild Man Encounters, The Aquatic Ape Theory, Mysteries of Friendship Island. The Mysteries Cam of the Russian Cauldrons. I remember that, The yes. Search for the Lost City of Z. And even the Hopkinsville Encounter. And let's listen to a little clip of that Hopkinsville monster episode. There were a total of 11 people in the house that night, including the children of the two families. The Suttons had no running water in the farmhouse. And due to it being a warm evening, Billy Ray Taylor went to an outside water pump for a drink. It was about 7 p.m., 
Taylor said as he observed strange lights in the sky to the west, which he believed to be an unusual craft. The craft was disc-shaped in appearance and featured lights on the side of it that had all of the colors of the rainbow. He ran back to the house excitedly, telling the others about his flying saucer sighting, but no one believed him. You ain't gonna believe it! I just seen something weird fall out of the sky, a bright light or something, I don't know what. It, it went licking his split across the field out there, and then it looked like it landed somewhere down in the gully. Instead, thinking that he had become overly excited after seeing a vivid shooting star. At about 8 p.m., the families began hearing strange and unexplained noises outside. The Sutton family dog, which was in the yard outside, began barking loudly and then hid under the house, where it remained until the next day. Going outside a few minutes later with their guns, Billy Ray Taylor and Elmer Lucky Sutton then asserted that they saw a strange creature emerging from the nearby trees. They described the creature as a luminous three-and-a-half-foot-tall being with an oversized head, big, floppy-pointed ears, glowing eyes, and hands with talons at the ends. The figure either made of or simply dressed in a silvery metal had its hands raised and was giving them the finger. God's green earth, is it? I don't think God's got nothing to do with it, Lucky. It's getting closer, Lucky. Looks just like a little man. I ain't never seen a little man with ears like that. Goblin. That's what it is. A goblin straight out of the pits of hell. Goblin. What are we going to do, Rocky? Disquieted by the creature's bizarre appearance, the pair were further unnerved when it began rushing towards the house, holding its hands up in the air, which the men took as a threatening behavior. When the creature approached to within 20 feet, the two men became scared of a home invasion and began shooting at it. One was using a shotgun, the other man using a 22 rifle. There was a noise, sounding like bullets being rattled around in a metal drum, and the creature, they said, then flipped over and fled into the darkness and shadows. So there you go, just like our regular show. Sometimes we throw a little more sound effects, a little more music in the background on some of those. It's just more of the same. If you like this yep. show, you're going to like that show. And there's like 60 episodes back there. The price to sign up, it's $5 a month, $55 a year. I mean, so literally you can go in there right now and for the price of two tacos at Taco Bell or, or, or coffee at Starbucks, you can get 60-something more episodes of Expanded Perspectives. True. I mean, who can't afford that, right? Five bucks. Five bucks. We're giving it away. I've said it before and I'll say it again. When I look at that huge list of shows and I think about all the work that went into each and every one of those and we're giving them away for like 12 cents, you're like, gosh. Yeah. Anyways. Ah, it's still fun. Yep. Join us over there if you like. We hope to see you. Also, if you like the show, you can always write us a review on iTunes. That really helps us in all those search engines where people are looking up new shows. Everybody, I hope you have a good week. Cam, you got a busy week ahead? Got a busy week. We'll try to knock out another another great show for y'all for thursday but uh everybody just stay out of trouble that's right try to make the best of it till the weather starts cooling down it'll be here before you know it yeah everybody the winter's coming up man it's coming quick it'll be here yeah and i'm ready for it i I like the cool cool weather weather. i can't wait well thanks to Derek smith of pretty lights inner traditions new page books llewellyn books anomalous books and lon strickler's phantoms and monsters i'm kyle filson he's cam hale have a good one folks peace